If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet it's where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically reforming preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the modern the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here. Another Tuesday. Super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I do every week, I bring in awesome guests. And this guest, uh, big shout out to my man Brandon Kember. And before I even get to the guest, let me shout out AGTV. If you don't have it yet, please sign up today. It is like Netflix for solid solid biblical content. Um, and I always put the solid there because you guys know at the bar, we are biblical and reform, which means that we hold to a solid biblical worldview. Um, and so AGTV, AGTV provides that. And if this is the month of December, or even if it's the month of January, you can put the code in BAR1 to get 10% off the monthly rate. It's already super cheap, five ninety nine. Uh, I think BAR one get it to you for five five dollars and thirty nine cents. So you're welcome. But anyway, before when we get into today's guest, we have on uh, dear brother, uh, none other than Mr. Don Green. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Dwayne, and I'm really excited to be joining you for the first time here. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like I said, I called in a favor with Brandon. Um, you know, for when I when I, I actually I think I saw you. He took a picture or something a while back, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" Let me do a little research and uh, found a couple of your teachings and loved it, and uh, kind of got reminded when I jumped on AGTV. But for those that don't know who you are, uh, Mr. Green, I'm gonna go ahead and give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, share anything you want to share personal professional and then we'll pick it up from there sure um, i am the uh, founding pastor of truth community church in cincinnati ohio uh, we started this church about nine years ago and uh, we've been pleased with how the lord has honored his word as we've tried to to preach it before that i spent a number of years at uh, grace to you i was the managing director of grace to you worked closely with uh, your friend Phil Johnson and mm -hmm. with John MacArthur at that ministry. 
And before that, going way back into ancient history, <laughs> I, uh, I was a practicing attorney for a number of years before I left my practice in Chicago to study uh, for ministry at the Master Seminary. So I've, I've been a master of no trades, but a, a jack of all <laughs> of several, you might say. And uh, but but I'm I'm very grateful for where the Lord has. Uh, I'm very grateful for where the Lord has brought me, and glad to be with you here today. So awesome, so awesome. I I thought I was trying to connect the dots, but I thought there was a grace to you connection uh, with your name and everything in my mind. But I, I'm glad you brought that up. So um, I want to. Because I have a lot of local pastors that listen to this show. Um, I want to rewind back to what makes you leave a practice to go to seminary? Like, well, how was what was that chain of events? Because I, I know it couldn't have been an overnight decision or it had to be a call or pull. Let's talk about that series of your life. What was going on then and what led to uh, going to master's? Sure. It's a question that I often get, and it seems like a major change when people first get acquainted with my life story. But from within the, uh, from within the context of my life, it was a very natural progression. Mm. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord saved me in the first year of law school. Uh, I was a law student at Indiana University, and without going into the fullness of the details of my conversion, uh, the Lord saved me uh, uh, dramatically in uh, as, as a first-year law student. And one of the first fruits, the very first fruit of my conversion was the way that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to Scripture, mm-hmm. gave me understanding, and and the Word became alive to me in those in those earliest days, uh, Dwayne. And so I that cemented a love for the Word of God in in my life that I wanted to I knew I wanted to pursue right uh, but it took it took several years for that to work out I needed to finish law school first I needed to practice law for a while but it was all as I finished law school and moved into my uh, practice there was always a longer term goal to give myself over to the study of the Word of God. Mm. And so when I moved to uh, California to attend master's, uh, you know, that was a 10-year process, but it was all something that I had my eye on from the very beginning of my Christian life. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, that that's, I mean, it's amazing just to, you know, uh, anytime someone has a a, a story of getting to that point is always amazing to kind of see or hear the progression. Um, so now you're at Masters. What took you from being a student to actually working uh, with the great folks at Grace U? Big shout out to them. You know, Phil is one of my favorite guys. Uh, and then one of the guys in my network, Daryl Harrison, currently works there. They hired him. Uh, so what what was that transition like from going from student to working with GTY. And, and you see where we're doing. We're building this story all the way up to current. So uh, let's, yeah, let's get Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah it's, it goes back a long ways. But uh, uh, basically, again, without going into all of the details, while I was still a student in my uh, MDiv studies, um, I took a job uh, in the counseling department at Grace to You. Uh, which gave me the responsibility for answering letters on behalf of John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. And so, so I did that for a couple of years. 
And then there were some changes on the management side of Grace to You, and uh, Phil had either the uh, the foresight or the foolishness to transfer <laughs> me over from counseling into the management side of the ministry. And I spent about 10 to 12 years in uh, different administrative roles at uh, Grace to You, drawing upon my legal background for, uh, for service there. And uh, during that time, finished, uh, finished my seminary studies, eventually came to co-pastor the Grace Life Fellowship Group with, uh, with Phil. And so Phil and I worked very closely together, uh, both in, uh, at Grace to You and in ministry for about eight to ten years before I left there to go to Cincinnati. So Phil is a very dear friend, and uh, you know I, I really can't thank the Lord enough for his influence on my life and on my theology and the way that he uh, you know took care of me while I was working under his leadership. Wow. Amazing. 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 That is uh, that is really cool to hear. Um, and, and yeah, big, big shout out to Phil. Always been a huge supporter uh, of the show. Uh, I remember the first time I met him and I was telling him about the podcast. Oh, yeah, I've already subscribed. He pulled his phone out and showed me he was already subscribed to my podcast. So I thought that was really cool. Good deal. All that right. is cool. Yeah, man. So now let's let's take the next step, man. Um, actually planning a church, um, because like I said, we have a lot of local pastors that listen, a lot of church planners. What what would it, what was the chain of events that led to that part of your life? Yeah, great question, uh, Dwayne. You're bringing me you're bringing me into some of the favorite memories of my lifetime Good. with all of these excellent questions, uh, and just you know, and just rejoicing in yes. and thankful for the way the Lord has worked. Mm-hmm. Um, while uh, while I was at Grace to You, we uh, we put on the initial Truth Matters conference, mm. uh, which was pre- predominantly for Grace to You listeners. And uh, that was in that took place in September of 2011, and I had one of the speaking slots during that uh, conference. And unbeknownst to me, while I was uh, preaching a message on, well, I think it was a 73-minute message on repentance, <laughs> there was a uh, there was a couple in the audience from Cincinnati, mm. and they were heading up a very small group of families that were hoping to plant a Bible teaching church in. Uh, the Cincinnati area. And uh, a few weeks after they had heard me preach, uh, they contacted me. Uh, man's name was Paul. He's still at our church. Paul sent me an email and in essence asked me, would you consider coming to Cincinnati uh, to plant a church? We want a Bible teaching church in our area. And we think you're, uh, you know, you're, you represent the kind of preaching that we would like to have. Mm. And uh, I, we we talked on the phone. We hit it off, and uh, I came out to meet the families. Uh, only there were only like five families at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, and and the Lord knit our hearts together. I saw that there was opportunity. There was a need for uh, Bible teaching ministry in this in this area, and so I. Uh, you know, I felt like it's what the Lord would have me to do. I, that's a really bad way of putting it, Dwayne. But um, <laughs> I, I had been I had been longing for a greater, uh, you know, to have my own pulpit, to exercise more direct and immediate leadership over a flock, and uh, you know, and so the timing of that worked out really well. And 
you know, here we are nine years later, the time goes by really fast <laughs> when, you know, you're serving in ministry. For sure. For sure. And uh, and in that, you know, uh, the Cincinnati, uh, you said Cincinnati, right? I just want to make sure I said that. Right. Make sure. I, be, yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in that area, uh, when it came, you know, these the, the folks that kind of called you in, they're natives from that area. Uh, what was the transition like uh, just kind of establishing uh, in that area, you know, as far as the community goes and things like that? What what was that like? Were, were there some things you put in place to, uh, you know, try to open it up or was it more focused on who you had in the congregation? Uh, what was your approach to kind of plugging into the community? Yeah, I'll give you a short answer to your question, sure. and then you can take it wherever you want to go. Uh, I, I said from I said from the very beginning that our philosophy of ministry was going to be very simple. I said we're going to open this Bible that I have in my hands. We'll teach it, and then we'll see what happens. Mm. And that was it. Yes, and uh, you know, and we just we just taught scripture, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the Lord has. You know, the Lord has grown our church in response to that. Awesome. I, that's the answer I love to hear. To be honest with you, Don, is, you know, uh, to give you background, I came out of the charismatic word of faith. Uh, my listeners probably tired of hearing me say that. But a lot of that is, uh, uh, you know, seeker sensitive, you know, let's come up with these programs. Um, and I ask that question a lot to pastors because I love to hear them say, you know, we're just going to teach the word of God and uh, let God take care of the rest. That's always a beautiful answer to me, just as a reminder that you don't need gimmicks and, and you know, uh, as well as, you know, barbecuing in the neighborhood, that's all good. But at the end of the day, the word is the only thing that's going to stand. So I definitely appreciate you answering the question that way, even though it was simple, it definitely was the answer I was looking for. So, um, let's- yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page on that because there were no programs. And I'll tell you, Dwayne, one of the funny things, one of the funny things was, is that, uh, as, as people started to come and to check us out, one of the common questions we got was, when are you going to start the, the programs? When are we going to have a youth program? When are you going to do all these other things? Right. And I just kind of patiently deflected the question because I knew <laughs> that in time they would understand better sure. what we're doing. Sure. But they didn't have a paradigm to understand exactly. why that wasn't a priority to me. Exactly. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, I and I've got a, you know, I have a very, uh, you know, I have a real... Uh, compassion, you might say, for for young pastors and, and pastors of, of churches like what you're describing your mm-hmm. audience to be. Um, you know, it, it's really it's really hard to stay on that narrow beam of focusing on the Word because mm-hmm. there's so much demand to go beyond it. Yep. And I appreciate those guys that stand firm. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm swimming in the same pool with them. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Focus on the Word and let the Lord take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you saying that, man, because, uh, you know, a lot of guys— that uh that listen um a couple of them when i was in south carolina would take me out to lunch big shout out to those guys those pastors and i know that they will uh really appreciate uh you you saying that and encouraging them on that for sure so all right now we are pastoring a church and now you're a movie star you're in uh <laughs> american gospel and and agtv got your own channel what? T- how did that even happen? How do you know Brandon? What was that connection? I just want to get into it because it's kind of fresh in my mind right now. 
Yeah, well, you, I think the whole church appreciates what Brandon has, has done sure. with the American Gospel movies. And I'm certainly, uh, you know, I'm certainly in the, in his fan club. Um, that Brandon somehow got familiar with me through some Facebook posts that I was making several years ago, mm. um, re- related to Christian publishing and, uh, some of the false books that were being published about young children dying and going to heaven. Um, and Brandon uh, somehow caught wind of those posts and he contacted me, um, asked me to do an interview about that. Um, and that kind of bled over into some of the things that were eventually incorporated into, uh, the American gospel, uh, movies. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an actor nor the son of an actor, <laughs> but you know, you just, you just take whatever opportunities the Lord gives right. to you and try to be faithful in them. That's, that's all that, that's all that is. That's right. That's amazing. Yeah. I like you, a uh, big fan of what he do. And, um, anyway, I always text him. I was like, yo, what, what can I do? How can I help? You know, definitely got, yeah. got a lot of love and respect for, uh, the work that he put in because it's so excellent. You know, it's one thing to have a heart to want to do this, but to do it on the level that he does it is is truly amazing. So uh, just want to definitely say that. All right. So my next question, um, you know, I, you said if we kind of get there, I, I'm interested. So you can't, I'm like a kid, uh, Don, Pastor Don. Um, you can't like mention something and then say, hey, if the conversation goes there, I want to know, like I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what's kind of on your mind right now, you know, as far as uh, what's going on now. And uh, and man, we'll drop this thing tomorrow if I have to. Uh, but I, I'm just interested in what's kind of on your mind right now and what you were alluding to in our conversation while we before we started recording. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Dwayne. Can you tell me how much time we have? I don't I want to be sure to keep within your time frame here well the time depends on you i respect my guest time yeah. my time is cool like this is the bar podcast this is my thing i've been doing for five years you know it usually run about 35 minutes but if not hey, got it we can hey let's rock let's do it okay okay i'm ready to rock <laughs> uh so here's the deal uh here's the deal Dwayne. uh we're recording you and i are talking the day after thanksgiving right and uh, yesterday, just yesterday, I had a couple of interactions with uh, with men who had had over the years had lost their Christian families mm. because of sin which they had committed, and they're repentant now. They're bringing forth fruit in their life that's consistent with that profession. It's a joy and a privilege to call them brothers, uh, brothers in Christ. But it got me. It got me thinking. Um, the forgiveness that they have found in Christ and the concerns that are on their heart as repentant sinners are, are such a counter testimony to much of what passes for Christian discourse in the uh, so-called evangelical church today. Mm. Um, if you think about it, uh, you know, in terms of the things that are dominating so much of the discussion among uh, professing evangelicals, you've got the You've got the anger that's behind critical race theory. Mm-hmm. You have the apologies that are taking place for white guilt. Mm-hmm. You have all this anxiety over masks and COVID and social distancing and the apprehension over national politics. 
Mm. And all of these, all of these things, I could go into more detail about it, but all of these things are diverting attention away from the central matter of the atonement of Christ. And I'm very concerned about that. Mm -hmm. I posted on Facebook about it today. The, um, you know, none of those things of critical race theory or social distancing or national politics, none of those things offer any hope or help to, to prodigals who have strayed and are looking to find their way back, for, for sinners who are looking for hope and for forgiveness and for change and, mm-hmm. and looking to be reconciled with God. So much of what the church today is preoccupied with has nothing to say to them. And I compare that with what the scriptures say about the purpose for which Christ came. You know, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And, you know, the, the more that we let other things, lesser earthbound things, preoccupy us, the less we're going to be talking about the gospel, mm-hmm. about Christ, about, about the availability of forgiveness and reconciliation to God through faith alone and Christ alone. And I'm just, you know, I'm just concerned as I see what people are preaching about, the books that are being written, the social media posts that people are making. It just seems to me like we're taking our eye off what the ball is supposed to be for the Church of Jesus Christ. And so that's what's on my mind. And, you know, you can kind of take that wherever you want. No, that's 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 so true and so, so beautiful, um, because it. It is is like you said. Our 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 eye has uh, is focused on the wrong ball, and it's so easy to do so um, because of social media, because of uh, you know m- media in general, um, and it becomes the thing that we're we're fighting over. Um, and you know, one thing that I will say, and and I want you to kind of speak to it, because um, guys like you know Daryl and Virgil, they speak to it. Because uh, especially when it comes to critical race theory, social justice, everybody know where we stand on that uh, and the whole white guilt thing. Um, but they they when they speak to it is because the other side is putting it before the gospel. Like there is there is like exactly. a response like, hey, no, we need the gospel, you know. So and and Daryl, I mean, to be honest, Daryl really don't care to talk about social justice. He much rather have every episode about theology. But because that other side is talking so much, they have to respond. So uh, what was kind of your view on just having to respond like you're doing now to respond and remind what the focus really is? Do you think that is distracting as well or you think that's that's necessary? No, I no, I'm And I'm glad you asked to clarify that to give you a sense of perspective. Just last right. week, our church had Tom Askell mm. uh, uh, speak. Uh, to address these critical race issues and to refute them. Part of, part of faithful ministry is refuting false philosophies mm-hmm. that are coming into the church. And I am grateful for guys like Daryl and for Tom Askell and others who are fighting that battle and right. are helping Christians discern the, you know, the, the false philosophies and the hollow philosophies that under, that undergird it. Um, the, uh, 
and and so I'm grateful for that. My my greater concern is for the men who are making that kind of ministry necessary mm, by right. propagating all of these things, and that's what I'm wanting to warn people. Yes warn people against, that those things are taking us away from the gospel. And I see men like Daryl and Tom Askell and others, they are, they are te- teaching against it in order to help protect the gospel. And I'm grateful for everything that they do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad I was able to kind of clarify that. I, I knew that's what you were thinking, but I wanted to kind of tease it out a little bit. And, and that and I totally agree, um, you know, because they are the ones refocusing it for sure. All right. So right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. All right, we're back in here with my good friend Don Green. And Don, this is the side of the show, kind of the lighter side of the show, even though you probably think the whole thing has been light, uh, where I ask my bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests. Everybody that ever been on this show has been asked these questions. So the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? Well, the... Uh, uh it's it's kind of funny. I have a uh, being from the Kentucky area. I kind of have an affinity beyond, you know, the the things of sacred music. I I kind of have an <laughs> a, an affinity for instrumental bluegrass uh, music. And I nice. uh, I was just reading a book last night about the history of of bluegrass music. And uh, so you know, I, I like putting on the instrumental aspect. I can do without the vocals. But the instrumental aspect of well-played banjo and fiddle uh, working together, uh, you know, that kind of puts me in a good frame of mind. Nice, nice. You're you're probably the first person to know that (laughs) (laughs) outside of my family. So thanks a lot. Cool, man. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be the first. That's for sure. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? Uh, the, I'm currently reading the second volume of William Shedd's History of Christian Doctrine, and I've, I've really appreciated that overall perspective of, of that, that, that overview of 2,000 years or 1,800 years at the time he wrote it, of the development of, of the doctrine of the Trinity, the person of Christ, uh, you know, salvation and the atonement, all of those things. The historical perspective is 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 something I'm really growing in appreciation for and and trying to do deeper study in. So that's that's the book that I'm uh, that I'm most recently in. I just finished uh, Tom Askell's and Bodie Bauckham's uh, uh, contributions to uh, By What Standard in mm-hmm. that book. As I was preparing for Tom Askell's visit, I read that book, and so those are a couple of the things most recent on my mind. Awesome. All right. 
Last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? I'm, I'm not much of a podcast listener, uh, Dwayne. I need to add yours to my, <laughs> to my list. Um, but uh, I, I do a lot better. It's a lot more efficient for me to read sermons, mm-hmm. to read books and things like that. And, uh, and so I'm more of a, I'm more of a reader than mm-hmm. a listener. Um, I'm, I'm currently preparing a, I've uh, been preparing over the past 18 months or so, a series on uh, the, ten, the Ten Commandments that I'm looking forward to next year. Mm. And uh, been listening to uh, Phil Johnson's messages on that from many years ago and found those uh, found those very helpful. I'm probably forgetting things as well, but, uh, you know, th- those are, uh, I'm more of a reader than a listener, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very common response that I get. A lot of, uh, pastors love to read sermons and not necessarily listen. So that is very common for sure. All right, Don. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking time on this uh, beautiful Friday to uh, come on my show and and talk to me and, um, you know, just taking time away for uh, this is the holiday season, the day after Thanksgiving, like you first stated. And uh, I'm really excited to have you and glad to make this connection. Um, And I always like to kind of close it out by giving an opportunity to address the listeners. Anything you want to share, words of encouragement or anything like that you want to share, you got the floor to do that right here. Well, a couple of things that I would say. Uh, one is that uh, for for those pastors that are, you know, kind of laboring in anonymity in smaller churches and all of that, I I really believe, Dwayne, that it's it's small church pastors that are going to be the ultimate fortress against error mm. uh, in the coming in the coming years. Uh, you know, we've seen what. Uh, we've seen what the big names are capable of doing and what they're capable of going into. Uh, but I, I don't think if you went through church history, you would find very many small church pastors who were faithfully preaching God's Word verse by verse that led their people into error. Mm-hmm. And so while there may be anonymity on earth, the, the, the great significance of what small church pastors are doing in ministering to their congregations is something that I value very highly. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm in that, I'm swimming in that same pond with, with, with them. Right. The other thing that I wanted to do just by way of, uh, and this, this is, this strikes me as profoundly, um, ironic with what I just said about not personally listening to podcasts. <laughs> I have a couple of different podcasts of my own that people can find at the truthpulpit.com. Nice. Uh, that's the truthpulpit.com. My full length sermons twice a week uh, are available, as well as a daily uh, podcast, which is in kind of a radio format that is available. And also, there you can find a number of series that I've uh, taught on on matters like the Bible and Catholicism, the charismatic movement, moralistic therapeutic deism. Uh, homosexuality, transgenderism. I've tried to bring the Bible to bear on a lot of uh, primary issues of the day and longstanding issues. And all of those things are available for immediate download at that website. So, you know, hopefully there's some things there that uh, your audience might find helpful. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm subscribing right now. Like, I literally 
like, you know, of course, I love podcasts. I mean, that's why I'm in the business. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I literally looked it up as you were talking. And yes, subscribing right now. And I uh, hope my listeners do the same. We'll actually have a link to that website and every, and other ways that they can connect with you in the show notes. So again, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. To the bar listeners, make sure you got... Go ahead. What do you got to say? No, it's just... Thank you, Dwayne. I'm just very, uh, very grateful and appreciative to start this friendship, which I hope the Lord will bless in the years to come. Yes, sir. Likewise, for sure. Definitely. 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 So uh, those that are part of Inside the Bar VIP Lounge, um, you guys actually got a chance to listen to this live. Big shout out to the Inside the Bar folks. If you want to sign up to be part of Inside the Bar, just hit the link in the show notes. It's five dollars a month, less than a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Make sure you also go to the barpodcast.com, Check out all the podcasts and hit the network tab so you can listen to all the podcasts in the network. Also, go to the bargear.com and pick you up some bar gear. Until next time, you guys, God bless, and we are out.